Hello, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you around the year. Today, we'll be talking about Christmas time in the city. Yay! It'll be our first podcast to talk about Christmas. We have four moons with us here today. I'm Randy Moon, and I'll be talking about my Christmas origin story (laughs) (laughs) and why I love Christmas so much, Uh um, and a little bit about decorating. All right. And I'm, uh, I'm Cole, and I'll be talking about the three major winter solstice holidays that we celebrate here in the United States, Kwanzaa, Christmas, and Hanukkah. And I am Sydney Moon. I will be talking about making it easier with Christmas shopping. Okay. I'm Beth Moon, and I will be talking about the countdown to Christmas. Great. So we're excited to have you with us. As we do every week, we will start with holiday happenings. So we had a big, exciting event this week in our area, which was the very first snowfall. Kind of hit us by surprise. We don't normally, I wouldn't say, get our first snowfall, although we have, before Thanksgiving. It's it's not normal, though. Not normal. Yeah. But well, we've gotten it out October before. Yeah, I remember I, it's a Halloween with snowfall. Yeah. And it's gotten it was bad, I think, in that October too. But But that's not very typically. unusual. Right. So this was fun. It was uh, started off with ice, then sleet, and then finally snow. And it came with a snow day. None of us went into work that day, so that was oh. nice. <laughs> that was nice to have a day off as well. So that's my holiday happening. That's right, and I have a couple holiday happenings as well. I made um, made gingerbread cookies, yum, which we all very much like. I found the recipe online, and it's not too sweet. And I put frosting on it, and it's just it's very delicious. Yes, indeed, smells good, tastes good. That's right. Mm-hmm. And another one is we recently, yesterday I believe, yeah, uh, yesterday, the new Grinch movie in theaters, and it was very cute. It was very yeah. fun. More on that later in a future podcast. Yeah, we can share our thoughts on that um, when Sydney uh, talks about that more in a future episode. That's right. So um, I'll start tonight. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about why I love holidays uh, so much, and and uh, where I got that from. This is your origin story? This is my origin story. Do you have a cool theme song for it? I do. It's playing right now. Can you hear it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll put that in post, Cole. Yeah. Find a cool theme song for me. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make sure I listen to it first, Beth. Wait, hold um, on. This is... All right. This, this is where I'll, I'll put it in. Just say something like, I'm Randy, and this is my origin story. Okay. Okay. I'm Randy, and this is my origin story. Pause for the song. <laughs> there we go. All right, thanks. It, it makes you sound heroic. That, yeah. Thank you very much. So my love for holidays in general, and I, I think especially Christmas, was um, inherited from both my mom and my dad. Uh, just for reference, my mom died when I was in college many, many years ago. My dad is still living. In fact, he uh, turned 85 this year. What? Which is amazing. But my mom was always out in the front of creating and keeping traditions for us as a family. Uh, There were six of us kids, five boys. Uh, My sister was the oldest. She put up the decorations around the house for each holiday. Your mom? Yes, my mom did. Yeah, Yeah. right. What seemed like she... We actually had a lot of decorations, at least what seemed like a lot of decorations at the time, many of which were crafts that she had made. She did macrame, which is the art of knotting cords or strings and patterns to make decorative articles, I found. Oh. Yes. 
but she made um, she made like reindeer and Santa mm -hmm. Claus kind of hanging things for macrame. She did a needlepoint, little scenes for Christmas. She did snowflakes made out of lace. She made ceramic figures that she painted and fired um, that we set out. In fact, uh, she would often get crafts that us kids could help make with her. So I recall making some ornament craft sets with her, um, some of which I still have the results of. <laughs> One ornament set involved pushing hundreds of little pins through sequins. In sequences. Um, <laughs> in sequences. Through sequence, in sequences. Sequence, yes. And my thumbs were so uh, sore because we didn't have thimbles. Oh, that's so I had like, you know, I was pushing the same spot over and over. But I did finish them. And as for my dad, he was always with her, helping her put up decorations taking us out to pick up the Christmas tree. It was his job to put up the tree and the tree lights. And often those trees at the time when we were kids were blue spruce, which had those hard prickly needles to them, <laughs> which I didn't really appreciate that particular role of putting up the lights until he delegated that task to me <laughs> when I was a teen year. I still have a bias against those trees. Yes, we do not buy those. No. Dad always did the outside decorations too and lights and he never complained. And that actually made a big impact on me and my role yeah. for the holidays. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my impactful memories are from the holidays and from my birthdays and uh, my brother's birthdays. Those memories are what I was hoping to share with my family as we grew up and why it's so important to me, why it takes priority for me. Uh, my mom also made quite an assortment of Christmas cookies, many of which she allowed me to help with. Mm -hmm. which uh, usually included me eating the dough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although she would usually say that I'd get worms if I ate the raw cookie dough. Did she say that? Yeah, she That's did. That's just gross. Although, I don't know why parents always said that back then. I never got worms, and I ate a lot of cookie dough. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom made uh, peanut butter blossoms, which are the ones with the Hershey Kisses in the middle. That's right. She made thumbprint cookies, mm -hmm. which are the ones with the jam um, in the middle. Sometimes and she didn't frosting in the middle. Yes, which I love. Uh, yes, <laughs> which you <yeah>. never get. <laughs> <laughs> Except the poppy stuff. She didn't have the fancy way of making the impression in the cookie for the thumbprints. So when the cookies came out of the oven, she stuck her thumb right yeah. into each cookie. You've got to be kidding no, me. No, that a is hot cookie. Hot. Yes. That's crazy, I know. Yeah, I remember um, my sister-in-law once talking about that. And, she, and um, Randy's sister was telling her how they made thumbprint cookies. And she said... She was telling me one Christmas, and she said, I can't believe she told me to stick my thumb in those hot cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and she did, every year. Until I, I, the next year, I bought her a, a little Oh, tool. you did? Yeah, I, was I brought her a tool to make the imprints. So, um, but my favorite of the cookies that she made were the Kris Kringle cookies, she called them, which are kind of like sugar cookies that we decorated with homemade icing, food coloring, um, different sprinkles, and small little candies. And we cut them out into Christmas trees, stars, bells, reindeer, angels. Anything with a neck was always in danger of ripping the head off because it was so thin. Right. Um, Santas. Then we covered them with the icing and decorated them. And they were very yummy. I have they to say, Kris Kringle cookie dough is some of the best it is. cookie dough. It is, yeah. yeah. It's right up there with chocolate chip cookie yes. dough. It's, yeah. it's really hard not to, not to eat all the yeah. cookie dough yeah. and not yeah. have any of the cookies. It's amazing. Yeah, but I'd be okay with it. It's still one of my favorites. And even to this day, cookies are the hardest dessert for me to pass up. She also made her world-famous peanut butter fudge, yep. which 
I picked up her recipe and make that each year. In fact, I just made it a couple days ago. I made it right. um, for us. That's um, happening. Oh, really? That's right. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, never mind. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but what fun? <laughs> I'll have to raid your fridge. <laughs> So one of the Christmas memories I wanted to share with you for this podcast, and um, I'll share some others in the future ones. I remember when I was in kindergarten, my mom would occasionally get me out of school early. And uh, one time I remember going to the mall with her and a friend of hers, although I don't recall the other lady's name. But her friend gave me a little jar that was decorated for Christmas with M&Ms in it. It was kind of like the size of a baby food jar. I was so happy. Then whatever mall it was we went to had like a winter snow scene in it. And they had the talking snowman that you could walk up to and talk about, I guess, Christmas-related things. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't too impressed with that part. But years later, I was sharing this memory with my brothers and uh, their families and my dad, only to find out that it was not no- a normal event for the other kids. I assumed this was something that my mom did for each of us occasionally. Uh-huh. Yeah, she would I, take us out. I think you said something like, Remember when mom would take us out of school and with her friends and give us M&M's and we'd go to the malls. And I think the boys stood there and looked at you and they were like, mom never did that with us. <laughs> yeah, I think this cemented their viewpoint um, that, that as the youngest, mom. I was given extra benefits by mom. Which is true. Yes. Yes. I still remember. And I don't have any pictures of it, so I know it's my specific memory. You know how sometimes when you have a photo of it, you're not sure you're remembering it or if it was. But I remember getting that jar of M&Ms that were all for me. Didn't have to share with any brothers. I want to talk a little bit about decorating for Christmas on the outside of the house. I think I talked previously. What did you talk previously? (laughs) About decorating um, the outside, mostly over Veterans Day weekend, since it's a three-day weekend. So I just want to talk a little bit about my process of how I do that. So first, I go and get the lights out from the, the bins in the basement that we keep them in, and I check through all the lights. This makes life a lot easier on the outside, regardless of the weather. I check the lights downstairs on the inside to see which ones are working, which ones I need to replace. And for the small little miniature lights, hopefully you know about the Lightkeeper Pro tool, which actually will fix some instances where sections of your lights have gone out. Now, I've read about how this Lightkeeper Pro does this um, miracle, but it's just easier to say... It's a miracle of engineering. And it does like, a great job. It's like a little gun that right. you you unscrew a you light bulb. Pull out. You pull out the bulb, and then uh, you sort of just shoot it into the... Right, so you take out one of the miniature light bulbs. Right. You insert that open plug into the into the little tool that they have that looks like a kind of like a space gun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you stick it in there, and then you pull a trigger, and it shoots a little electric current through that. Which basically bypasses the the shunt. If you guys really care about the the details, I'd suggest you look it up. And in some light sets, depending on what the problem is, it'll actually fix that section for you. And that saved many a section for it's me. It's kind of like giving your string of light like a little adrenaline shot. It is exactly <laughs> right. A little boost there that yeah. works. Um, and it cannot be used on LED lights. It's only for the little miniatures that are incandescent, not LEDs. They don't make anything like that for LEDs. It's just so interesting. As of yet. Now, when I find out there's a section out, even if I can't fix it, I won't throw it away unless more than a quarter of it's gone. Because I can always use it for coverage, basically. I can use that section, that the sections that are still working for lights on the bushes or parts of the trees that other sections are 
gone. So you don't have to get rid of the lights if they're completely out. You can use pieces of them if you just keep track of which sections are working and which ones aren't. Now for the outside, we use um, all warm white lights. You know, with LED lights, you can get those cool ones. We get the warm ones. And I have a mix of LED and incandescent lights. So getting the warm LEDs matches the incandescent. And I put those on bushes. We have the icicle lights on the rooftop. We put strip lights along the driveway the whole way out. So that's about 400 feet when you add in the driveway um, turnaround area and the um, sidewalk up front. And then I also wrap them around the trees. So a big thing you need to think about when you're putting up lights, if you're putting up a lot of lights, is power. And that's often the limiting factor for me. So that's actually driven me to put more LED lights up because they use a lot less power. But even so, I still have that mix of incandescent and LED. So I have to kind of balance the power load. And I have to distribute the lights between multiple outlets that are on different fuses, right? Because I've put them in multiple outlets on the same fuse. It's just pulling from the same power uh, area, so it's not going to help. So once I've distributed lights where I think they're evenly distributed between, say, the garage outlet, the front porch outlet, and the uh, back of the house outlet, I'll put the lights on and I'll let them on for a while, usually a day or two, just straight, just to see if they blow any fuses as we just use power on the inside like we normally do. And if so, then I know which sections, which fuse was blown, and I can redistribute the lights and do the same thing and repeat again. So, yep, so that helps me uh, figure that out. And once once you've uh, lived in the same place multiple years, it's also helpful to try to remember what you did last year. Mm-hmm. So taking pictures of what you did, labeling the lines of what you did is also another way to, to help you quickly put the lights up in a way that you like and will work. Yep, for the next year. Right. All right, and that concludes Dad's section for the evening. Thank you. I actually didn't know nearly as much about how you do lights and outside decorating as I did today. <laughs> Found out a little more about Dad's work, huh? I did, I did. It's Christmas work. So <laughs> I will be talking about Christmas shopping and making it easier. My first suggestion is to start early. Uh, I know... People tend to think about Christmas and Christmas shopping, you know, more around Thanksgiving and November, but you can start even earlier. Um, Another suggestion is to write it down and make a list. Yeah, some people don't like to make lists. They feel like that's um, being greedy or, you know, in some way like a negative for Christmas thing. To me, we've, as a family, always written lists down from the time I was a little kid. So I'm very used to it. And I really see it as a helpful thing. That's right. Right. Especially if you teach it in the right well, way. And I don't know, you're going to have the expect, like kids are going to have the expectation that they're getting things anyways. Right. So the fact that you're not writing down what they want is just sort of more of an inconvenience than. I think a lot of it else. does relate to kind of how you grew up. <laughs> Some people feel like you should know me throughout the year well enough. That you can tell what I, like you should know what I like because you've Mm -hmm. been in relationship with me. But for a lot, you know, if you're not around people constantly, that's not easy to do. And it's also not natural for some people to do. Well, and even if you know someone very well, right, writing it down will help you remember later what to get. I know for me, when I was first with Randy, I was asked to make a Christmas list at Christmas time. And I was one of those that we never did that. So it was 
hard for me. I, I, I remember I thought that that was awful because I was being greedy, like you said before, and I was telling people what to get me. And I came to realize that it's actually incredibly helpful, especially for um, Randy's dad and wife, Grandma Penny. They're getting gifts for so many people. I think they have 15 grandkids. They have kids. They have spouses. They have so many people to buy for. It's impossible to try to figure out what everybody wants. So it's very helpful for them. And it's helpful for us to know what our kids want and what each other wants. So it's a great benefit. That's right. And... Um, regarding budgeting and using your money wisely, it's better to get someone what something that they you know may use and really enjoy versus trying to guess right um, right what they may or may not want. I mean, because right. if if you guess, like you know, you don't want to get someone something that they're just going to never use but not throw away because it's right. a gift. So you don't want to you know. Have them accumulate you have things. Have them accumulate closet. things. And it's different for different people. Some people like collecting things like that because they're sentimental. I'm not. I'm a minimalist. So if I want something, the list is great for me because I get to ask for things that I need, like yeah. right. silverware and towels and it, stuff like that. And I right. think there there is a person or a type of person who really likes to be surprised. Mm-hmm. So they don't like to write anything down. And they would be perfectly happy with whatever they receive, right? right? So I just don't know that there's that many of those kinds of people around that are both want to be surprised and are perfectly happy with right. whatever they get. Right. Um, so you know, we do less. We're comfortable with less. I understand not every, that's not for everybody, right. but it is right. helpful. In right. a, I don't think people need to think of it as a bad thing. Right. 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 And honestly, it would be best to have a list for yourself to write down when you go shopping. Which leads me to my budget items. To help with a budget, it would say you make a list. It's like, okay, I'm going to get this person that and get this person that. Write a budget for yourself, how much you're going to spend on each person and try to stick with that budget. An old trick is to use cash when buying things. Mm. And another um, thing is to take advantage of Black Friday and Cyber Monday because those will have really good deals. So yes, if, um, if you are comfortable or maybe want to start asking people for lists before Thanksgiving, that would be best so that you can take advantage of those big, big days. That's right. And yep. going back to your first one, which was to start early, right. Poppy and Grandma, I think, start asking us for your guys, for all of our lists around Labor Day. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're not very good about getting to them at Labor Day, but they do start asking about that. Yeah. And it's really because they start to go to craft shows mm-hmm. and they start to do some online shopping because it's so easy to do. And with- they're out doing, they go shopping, I mean, they're both retired. Right. They well, go shopping when they want. And I think Penny does a lot of online shopping, which there are sales throughout the fall for different right. holidays. So right, you can do right. Columbus Day sales, Veterans Day sales, those sorts of things. Yes, absolutely. And for those who say... You know, you make a list, you're doing all this stuff, and you want to throw something in for a surprise. Right. This is not to replace the list, but as a fun kind of observation. I know with Dad, he surprised Mom and I with, like, a blanket each, oh, yeah. and it had a little Olaf from the movie Frozen on it. Embroidered on it. Embroidered on it, and it said warm hugs. And I, I remember loving it, but I, I know I didn't ask for it. Right. One of my favorite tricks when buying people gifts is observation, right? What do mm-hmm. they like? Uh, if it's at work, what's on their desk? It's someone that you know. What do they like to watch? What do they like to do? What do they like to eat? Just different little observations that 
a surprise would, you know, be very fun. Yeah, you know, I remember um, I would steal Dad's um, electric razor <laughs> to uh, to shave with it because it was so much better than mine. So I remember one year for Christmas, he got me my own. Right. The exact same razor, which was unexpected. But I guess there was some personal motivation there, too. <laughs> yeah. To have his own razor? Yeah. Yeah, to have yeah. Well, I mean, me not, you know. I didn't, I, like, take it with me places, but, you know. I like when I'm able to observe a need like that and can get somebody a gift. Mm-hmm. So it's like a win when I'm, I thought of something and it was yeah. good a good idea. You know, that's yeah. fun to be able to do that. You're actually very good at that. I know yes. throughout the year, I'll, I'll say things like, oh, that's really neat. I like that. And then it'll show up on Christmas. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's really good at it. You're very good at it. Yes. But that leads me to my most important point, which is you do not have to get someone the perfect gift. Excellent. What? Excellent. <laughs> I know. It's, it's mind-blowing. The, what I always hear from people who don't really like the Christmas season is the first thing they say is something about the shopping. The getting, pressure. The pressure. Getting people gifts. You know, it's all this pressure and you, you really, you will make your Christmas so much easier and more pleasant if you don't concentrate on that. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? Yep. If you don't give them the perfect gift, fine. It's a gift, it's not a gift. the gift. And right. I know for me at least, I would say um, trying to make spending time with people just as important as the gifts right for me it's a for me it's a lot more important i could go christmas without any gifts at all as long as i got to spend like more time than usual with people but obviously that's not for everybody it was really goes back to the love languages right because for cole quality time you know there there are five love languages quality time gift giving you guys are going to have to help me out uh, acts, of acts of service, words, words of affirmation, yeah. words and, of affirm- touch. and touch, physical touch, yes. right? No, so no, when you think touch. about how to share your your Christmas season with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing what their love language is, like Cole's is quality time, right. right? And mine is giving gifts. And mine is giving gifts, so that works great for you and I. Right. <laughs> mine is words of affirmation, so you can just say a lot of nice things to me around Christmas time. But actually, it makes a big difference to know what the other person is and be able to try because the gift is doing something in their love language for them Mm -hmm. right that's right so that's 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 great for the both of you i don't like getting (laughs) gifts i'm i'm a minimalist i don't like accumulating things Mm -hmm. so i just will have you give me like one thing and put all your love into that one (laughs) put all all your gift giving into that that one item but that's where the list comes in right right you know then we know which item right exactly Exactly. Well, and I will say that a lot of times we get so caught up in preparing for Christmas Mm -hmm. that we do forget to do things like just be with each other. Yeah. Right. Sometimes we do. Yeah. And that that leads me to my very last point, right? Which is unacceptable. (laughs) It is. It is something to be aware of. Yes. And that's definitely what you do not want around the Christmas season. Yes, getting a gift is nice, but ultimately it's spending time with friends and family that you love. Last but not least, you can be creative in your wrapping. If you have smaller gifts for those minimalists, if you don't have very many, be creative in boxing. Put big box, little boxes. Yeah, so uh, you're saying like put a little gift in a big box. Right. And maybe put some things in it so it weighs more than you yeah. might think it would. Be as creative as you want. Right. Multiple levels of wrapping. Put That's a right. gift bag inside <laughs> a box or, That's you know. That's right. I know some people who really aren't fans of that, but, yeah. you know. I and remember it be fun to do. Cole okay. in previous years did not like yeah. that experience of 
multiple boxes. Yeah. yeah. But for one I gift. The way that things were split awesome. up. Yeah. Yeah. I loved, loved it. It was awesome. I thought it was so much fun because you get to unwrap two presents, <laughs> but just the one. So, so and, much fun. And I'm there like, all right, come on. <laughs> just. Yeah. When like, you got to his fourth, fifth, or sixth one like that, it's like... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe spread it out a little. But a lot of it is just the presentation itself. One of the most interesting compliments I have ever received, and I used to work with kids, so I, I've heard some doozies. But this is from an adult, and she thanked me for the gift. She's like, I, I want you to know that I'm thanking you for the gift. But she said, but your presentation was amazing. <laughs> she loved it. Like, That's whatever so hype she got from <laughs> looking at that gift... She just, it blew, it blew her mind. That's so nice. Yeah, so definitely presentation is key. Yeah. You know, even thinking about Christmas, right? It's the days leading up to Christmas. Yes. The excitement. Uh, the excitement. And gifts can that. do that. And gifts really can do that. It's like, you know, put a pretty bow on it. Right. And... Well, it's kind of like cooking food. Like, presentation is half the, right. half right. the experience. Yeah. And if you don't know how to wrap, ask a relative to show you um invite a friend over for hot chocolate and ask them <laughs> to, show to show you how to wrap watch youtube videos or you know when in doubt um that's why gift bags were invented <laughs> that's true that's true they're that's easy right. they're easy to work with that's right speaking of countdown to christmas oh that's me that's right <laughs> okay i'm going to talk a little bit about counting down to christmas and things that we have done things that friends have done things that i've seen First thing that I'm going to talk about is the advent calendars that we see out. They usually go from December 1st through December 24th. And then, well, December 25th, I guess, something special on the 25th. Mm -hmm. We got, when the kids were very little, we got something from L.L. Bean. And I don't know that they even still have it, but it was, they were advent boxes. It's wooden and it has 25 little doors with little rooms behind the doors. They're, they're tiny. They're what? One by two? Two by three behind there? No, they're small. One and a half by one maybe. They're pretty small. Okay. So we found that we could put a couple small, a couple of miniature chocolates in them. Right. That's right. Like that her little Hershey miniatures literally. If you put two <laughs> side by side, they slide them in there, the door will close. Right. So one of the things that we did each year was we filled those and then the kids each day got to open one. And I forgot about this, but before the podcast, the kids were talking about how we used to write the name of the child who next year got to start mm-hmm. the one because every other box mm-hmm. had holly on it. Yeah. Just holly. Just on every the, other as box. As the front decoration. On the little door. Yeah. It just had holly The other ones all had something unique. They had a gingerbread man or a wreath or a snowman. A snowman or stockings or a person dragging a Christmas tree. Classic L.L. Bean stuff. Right, right. (laughs) So so it was just funny because whoever started got that same. They either got the unique ones every year or I think the second one. No, so we we had some arguments. Initially. Initially. Initially, yeah, it was. When you guys were little. You yeah. used to argue about it, and we used to put your name in for well, the next one. Well, I'm not denying that, but um, what I'm saying is we eventually got to a place where one person would open two boxes. I know, yes, yes. that's true. Yes. So that one person wasn't stuck with the boring old holly. Okay, so there are other advent calendars out there, though, that people can get. Some of them are you buy, and you open a little 
cardboard, I guess, and you okay. open a little door each day, and there's something behind it that's cute. Like or cho- chocolate or, or a little toy. There's a little mm-hmm. chocolate or, or a Bible verse mm-hmm. and yeah. that kind of thing. So there are all kinds of yeah. Advent calendars out there. Especially now. I've seen cheese ones. Yeah. I've seen wine ones. Special <laughs> socks. You know how Special people like to wear um, <laughs> socks, different um, decorated socks. So it's it's really come a long way. Yes, it has. <laughs> because when we were when the kids were little, it was something else to have the little the little L wooden box, boxes. Right. Yeah, growing up, I, all I recall when I was little was the typical like a Christmas tree that had twenty five little cardboard doors, right. and behind each one was a, a chocolate. Fun. Oh, right. okay. You no, it was a, it was always chocolate. Yeah, we didn't have that. What did you have? But they're just like little pictures or something. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember those too. Yes, yeah, yes. they're just cute. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So then there are there are other things that you can do to count down. Also, I was looking and I saw there was an activity, an Advent activity tree. So people would get a tree, a small tree, and put twenty five pieces of paper on it, and on each paper was an activity. So each day the child could pick off one of the activities, or if you have several children, they take turns and do that activity for that day and then the next day do another one clearly they can't be too in depth but Mm -hmm. cute idea yeah another friend of mine did this really neat thing she had a nativity scene and she had baby jesus wasn't in there at all in the nativity scene and the wise men were like across the room (laughs) (laughs) maybe even a different room like really far away each day she and her, she had one little boy. Each day, they would move the wise men closer. So on. But when time, did she start? Was it on? It the, was on the. It was first of December. Of December yeah. uh-huh. So by the time Christmas Eve came about, they the wise men made it, <laughs> and then on Christmas morning, he would wake up and baby Jesus would be in the manger. Right. So it was just a really neat did activity. She, did she have a little uh, Herod figure like halfway along the, the no, Wiseman's no, trek? No, I think she didn't get too elaborate with it. It was just Wiseman walking. That, that's a shame. You could get a lot more elaborate with, yeah. with that. You know, but that reminds me, there was this um, one person I was talking to and they had little stockings, the 25, and they yep. had little manger scenes, a different figure in each stocking. Right. So every they day created, they created. Yeah. Help create, create the nativity scene. Your major scene. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. There's all kinds of things. I've, I've seen like large felt Christmas trees that you can affix to a wall. And each day there's a like a, um, a felt ornament with that you can Velcro on the tree. Right. There's all kinds of really neat ways to help kids kind of count down to Christmas yeah. these days. It's really, it's really a lot of we fun. We literally have a countdown number calendar on our wall. Mm-hmm. That's a Mickey one that just shows how many days are left until Christmas. That's right. They're adorable. They're little blocks that you just change to the right number. Yep. As it gets closer, you can just see it. Go. And we have one with a Santa holding a box too, and in the box are the two numbers that you take in and out and change the dates. Right. The Mickey one is actually on our wall, and it stays there year-round. So we know that there, on Christmas Day, there are 365 more days to next Christmas. <laughs> and the next day, there are 364. Yeah. So we count that down. Except for leap year. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Another thing that we always did with the kids when they were growing up was make ornaments. And do Christmas crafts. Oh, I love that. We were, my mom is here visiting for Thanksgiving. And the tree that we have upstairs in the hallway on our overlook 
has a lot of the kids' Christmas ornaments that they've made throughout the year. And some of them have their picture on it, and one of them is in the shape of a crude shape of a snowman, mm -hmm. but there were like little eyes, button eyes, I think, and a <laughs> smiley and a nose. And then it had a pipe, a pipe cleaner stuck through the head to hang it on the tree. Uh, I mean, it's just so cute. Yeah. But when they're little, they do these things, and they'll come over and be, look, Mommy, I made an ornament for you. It's like, oh, that's awesome, honey. You know, and you just stick it up there, and then you save it forever because they're so cute. Yeah. There's one that was a little itty-bitty tiny paper plate. I don't even know why I had my picture on it. And I had little random bits of puzzle glued on that was from one of your schools you made yeah. that yes right so we yeah. kept a lot of them the ones that would stay yeah. together because That's they right. fall apart over yeah. the years too well, you know, when you get a hundred of them you can't yeah. keep them all yeah <laughs> yeah there were different little cinnamon ornaments that they oh, did right. there are all kinds of she had um sydney had one that was like a sleigh that they made out of popsicle sticks oh, yeah. with her picture on yep. it painted or something right yeah yeah sydney was a crafty girl she was she, she was, was very crafty very crafty <laughs> that's right so we did all kinds of things like that you can and some of them can be very simple like literally take three popsicle sticks make them into a into a triangle put a red nose on one on the end of one yeah. and eyeballs on two of the others and little antlers at the top it's they can be very simple right and you can just have a lot of fun with the kids yeah. during that time so we did a lot of that kind of thing that was a twist i thought you were going to go for a christmas tree there but you went for a reindeer <laughs> <laughs> it could have been a christmas yeah, tree yeah you're right a christmas tree those kids were very creative in their own way, so we have a lot of different ornaments up there. They're, it's a lot of fun to look at. Mom and I were looking at them last night. Another thing we always did each year, I say we, but it's really Randy. I took pictures. Randy always made gingerbread houses with the kids. Yeah, some years we did multiple. Some years we just did one together. Yeah. That's, that's what I remember the most, is I that we'd each have, one. like, a section. Yeah. yeah. In fact, often you you each had, like, a side. <laughs> yes. And, like, I would do the front or the back yeah. kind of thing so yeah. that you could do yours. And it was funny because <laughs> you could turn the, the the house one way or the other and it looked like a completely different house <laughs> yep. because of different decorating interests. Yes. <laughs> and you could tell whose was whose. Yes. Very much so. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that was a lot of Sydney's a little fun. more organized mine a little more yeah. eclectic that's yeah. right that's yeah. right yeah. and um now they have like villages oh they, they have, they have they mickey castles. they have mickey mouse houses mm -hmm. yeah they've got they, they have a lot of variety of kits now yeah it's amazing what you can do they have a cracker barrel one they do, <laughs> <laughs> they do. yeah that's right that's brought right. to you by cracker barrel <laughs> <laughs> so something else that we always did was we watched Christmas movies with the kids and some of the ones that we watched each year were Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman and Santa Claus is Coming to Town and the yeah Grinch, all of those uh, Rankin Bass the claymation ones yeah you, yeah. Yeah, you really like yeah. the claymation ones yeah like the year without a Santa Claus year without a Santa Claus Santa Claus is Coming to Town yep. Rudolph Jack, yep. You said you like Jack Frost. I like Jack Frost. We never watched... Um, I wasn't a big Jack much. Frost fan. No, you weren't a big fan of Jack Frost, but I thought that it was at least as good as any of the other ones. <laughs> nah, second Charlie. tier. <laughs> second, second tier. Claymation. <laughs> Charlie Brown Christmas. And one of the things that we always watched every single year, because I loved it, when the kids were little, we used to watch <laughs> Arthur, the artwork, a lot. We all knew which one this was. Yeah. We didn't and watch Arthur that much. Oh, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> and well, we I, had I, Arthur's Perfect Christmas 
every year. Yeah, it even was when we were teenagers. Like, it was a requirement. Yeah, <laughs> because it's so sweet, and I loved it. But I when we were teenagers, like we could walk away. I just, like... <laughs> no, you couldn't. No, <laughs> I, I remember doing that. I remember I could hear it because you blast it because <laughs> your hearing is bad. Because you could hear it. Everyone should be hearing yeah. this. It's so sweet. No, I'd be, you know, upstairs in my room or something uh, when I was a teenager, and I could hear you... Watching Arthur's Perfect Christmas downstairs. Yep. And you okay. stayed in your room longer? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was awesome. And we still quote it to this day. That's right. Yep. I don't I don't remember quotes from it. You're almost perfect, Cole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You remember that? <laughs> Am I, aren't I perfect too, Grandma? You're almost perfect, dear. Yes. So be sure to watch it if you haven't. It's cute. It's it really is. cute. And then like Miracle on 34th Street. Of course. The old, that was the, the old original one. Yeah. It's Sintertusk. So, White Christmas. White Christmas with yes. Bing Crosby and Danny yep. Kaye. Mm-hmm. So there were just Christmas movies that we watched as we were going through the Christmas season, anticipating mm-hmm. Christmas Day. That's right. And although um, Elf isn't an old one, it's certainly one that we love watching. It is. Year. I think it, you could probably call it a classic oh, at yeah. this point. Enough people right. watch it. It's synonymous enough with, with Christmas that I think most people... Well, a lot of people, at least, will watch it around around the holidays. Right, yeah. Did you mention A Christmas Story? No. A Christmas Story is one that Randy and I have always loved. We used to have, when we lived in Houston, we used to have A Christmas Story parties. I don't know if we've done that in, in Virginia as much. Because the kids were little, and I wasn't comfortable with them watching it till they were a little older. Right. <laughs> Just because there was, even if you didn't hear the swearing... It was you, you a big Schwartz, part of the show. You heard Schwartz yes. swearing. True, true, <laughs> true. That's true. I heard that swear. I, I remember going to um, my grandmother's house, your mom, mom, and um, I, I remember my my cousin wasn't quite a toddler yet. Maybe she was a little older, but she had watched it before I could. Yeah. <laughs> I turned to you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right? What's in this movie yeah. that I can't watch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we we love it. But, it's funny, right. a lot of the movies that we watched when we were kids, like, you, that you kept us from watching, we'd watch and we were like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like because we waited to the right time for you to watch them. Yeah. So we thought well past the right time. time. I, no. remember, I remember there were scenes in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail that you never right. let me watch. Right. Until That's it was correct. the appropriate until it was right. time. But then I watched it, I was like, that wasn't even, like, good. Because by then you were ready for that. That's yeah. the whole point of parenting. Yeah, that's right. I don't think, I don't think that's what that was. Yes, it was. It certainly was. The last thing I wanted to talk about as we're preparing for Christmas is giving to others. So something that we always enjoyed doing at our church, there were opportunities to adopt an angel tree child. So we would do that, and on Black Friday, we would mm-hmm. always shop for the angel tree child. That's right on that day the another thing that we've been doing at our church is doing the christmas boxes that samaritan purse gives out Mm -hmm. Uh, our whole church does it we dedicated uh, the the christmas boxes today and there was just a huge pile of them it was wonderful and the other thing is that we had done as the kids were growing up was we gave to world vision we would buy an animal at world vision and i remember this one story when sydney was little she must have been, I don't know, six or seven. And I remember saying, we bought we bought a flock of chicks for Christmas for, you know, for World Vision. And she was like, I want to see them. It's like, <laughs> hey, you can't see them because 
we're giving them to someone. And she goes, but where are they? I'm like, I want to see the chicks that we're giving to someone. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we can't do that. <laughs> so it was a little harder to, to yeah, explain. But yeah. this is before YouTube was a big thing. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. So anyway, so that was a lot of fun. So we used to do things, we used to do that with the kids when they were little also. So giving to others is a big part of anticipating Christmas and remembering that Christmas is about giving. Yeah, and it's a, it's a big part of... The entire season. It really is. Like, I mean, cause, because if you think about it, there's there's three major, in the United States, winter solstice holidays that we think about. And those are Hanukkah, Christmas, and Kwanzaa. And giving and being with family are big themes of all three of those holidays. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, so Hanukkah is the eight-day celebration of the rededication of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. It's sort of in the second century... BCE, the Seleucids were in power in the area, and they were trying to force the Jews to adopt the Greek pantheon. They set up, a, you know, an altar to Zeus in the in the temple, but the Jews had a rebellion against them, led by the priest Mattathias, uh, and then by his son Judah Maccabee. They were successful, and they rededicated the temple to God and lit a menorah. And it seems like this is what's mainly agreed upon by historians as what happened. Obviously, with any historical story, especially as it pertains to any kind of modern celebration or practice, there's going to be some discrepancies. But the contemporary menorah has nine branches, and in each branch, a candle is lit by the ninth candle, which is called the helper. There's a series of fried foods, gifts, and some traditional objects and decorations, such as the dreidel, and it is probably the second most known, most well-known seasonal holiday in December, and it's become a lot more popular in contemporary media in the past decade. So Christmas, on the other hand, is probably the most well-known and well-celebrated here in the United States of the three. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, and the Original Christmas is a Christian holiday which celebrates the birth of a savior to a Jewish family before the turn of BCE to CE. I think it's somewhere around 4 BCE that they think. Yeah, I think it was 6 the last I heard. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere around there that they think that, uh, that Jesus was born. So the Jews were living under Roman rule at this time, and they thought that this savior would liberate them through force. But instead, he died so that they could become one with God after their death. Christmas itself, however, can be um, celebrated non-religiously, at least in the contemporary sense. It is probably the most commercialized holiday in the United States. I can't think of one that's that's more commercialized. Easter and Halloween are both popular in media, but... A nothing lot of, like Christmas. Nothing like Christmas. A lot of times Halloween stuff goes down, Christmas stuff is already up. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, there's so many things, there's beautiful things now. Oh yeah. And decorating for Christmas can start as early as October. Because some people will start putting up like Christmas decorations alongside Halloween decorations. Like as they're taking them down. I've seen people do right. that before, yeah. which, is, which is kind of funny. But everything culminates on December 25th. Christmas Day when presents are exchanged and you typically spend time with friends and family and you, you know, eat together. Uh, Some families cultivate the belief in Santa Claus, who's this chubby elf that comes down the chimney and 
gives the presents to the children. I know that you guys, you guys did that with us. We actually had gifts from parents and gifts from Santa Claus. So Santa Claus himself is very popular in the United States. It is, I would say it's impossible to go anywhere in November, December and not see Santa Claus at all. You know, with his big, big white beard and his uh, big red coat. We love Santa. We have a lot of Santa representations in the house. Yeah. (laughs) So the last of the three that people typically talk about when they talk about these three sort of winter solstice holidays, these three December holidays, is Kwanzaa. And Kwanzaa was created in the 1960s by a California State University professor. So he wanted to bring African Americans together. I always assumed, I never knew much about Kwanzaa, but I always assumed that it had its roots in Africa. Right. But for what I can tell, it did originate in the United States. As a way to bring the African community together. Right, as a way to bring the uh, the African American community together. Right. So he combined a series of traditions from different African groups all over the African continent, such as the, the Hausa, Ashanti, Zulu, Swahili, and uh, various Bantu, Niger-Congo groups. Any sort of sub-Saharan African groups, oh. or I guess on the table, because any any other of those other groups sort of had their traced their tradition back to to the Middle East to the Middle East and Islam. Right. Okay. Yeah, Northern Africa connects a lot more with the Middle Eastern right. culture and history. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So the name the name itself comes from Swahili, which I guess is the language that a lot of people associate with Africa, even though it is just one of many many. Yeah languages in Africa. Africa is like India that way and it has so many different ethnic groups and so many, you know, different cultures and languages. I wonder why Swahili is. I wonder what it is about it. I'll I'll tell you later. Okay. (laughs) That's interesting. But Kwanzaa in Swahili means first fruits and it's sort of a a harvest festival and it's a secular holiday which instead of celebrating some historical event or miracle celebrates the African American culture and tradition. And there are seven candles which are lit, uh, which represents the seven symbols of Kwanzaa. So these are Umoja, which is unity. Then there is Kuji Chagalia, which is self-determination. Ujima, which is collective work and responsibility. There is Ujama, which is cooperative economics. Nia, which is purpose. Kuumba, which is creativity. And Imani, which is faith. So it's celebrated on the 31st of December, and like Hanukkah, it is gaining a lot more popularity in contemporary media, but not with as much of the commercial drive that Hanukkah has had in the last five or ten years. Great. Well, thank you for sharing about the uh, three uh, most known holidays in December, and we will end the podcast. Uh, first, I want to remind you that you can reach us on social media via Twitter at holidays underscore moons. Instagram at Holiday Moons. Uh, we have a Facebook group as well that you can find, which is Holiday Moons. Mm-hmm. And you can find us on our website, Randall Moon. It's Randall Moon with one L, all one word, dot Wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash Holiday Moons. And most importantly, you can find us online on iTunes, Stitcher, and we soon will be on SoundCloud as well. And you can contact us via the Holiday Moons at gmail.com. Uh, email address as well so uh, next week we will continue our discussion of christmas and we look forward to talking to you then so for randy Beth, sydney and cole 
Bye. 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 Merry Christmas.